Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of Mended Hope, the podcast highlighting stories of hope. I'm your host, Dr. Tiana, and this episode features Nikki, a registered nurse, researcher, and wife, sharing her challenges with fertility while also being a labor and delivery nurse, helping to birth the dreams of others. Um, Okay, so let's start off um, talking a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what brought you here to talk about your faith, your fertility, and your family. Okay, um, well, now I am a 45-year-old mother of three adult bonus children and a set of boy-girl teenage 13-year-old twins. And I am a registered nurse um, and wife. Um, And what what brings me here is uh, just to share my story and what I've gone through over the years to, to build a family. Awesome, well, welcome. We're super excited to have you here. Um, can you share with us um, a, a little bit more about your motherhood journey and what and the things that you've been through? And maybe start by telling the audience whether you thought you'd always want would always be a mother. Did you like when you were younger? Did you were you one of those girls that thought, oh, one day I'm gonna have these little kids, I'm gonna dress them up, or <laughs> or were you like, yeah. I'm focusing on my career? Well, that that hits the nail on the head. So I was never really the little girl who grew up wanting to be a wife or mother. For some reason, it was just always ingrained in me. And I was always focused that I wanted to have a successful career. Uh, And I, you know, I didn't get that from my mom because my mom was the mother of five living children. And she had, I think, three losses. And she loved being a mother and she loved being a wife, which she did five times. Um, (laughs) Probably one of the reasons why I didn't really inspire to be married. And, you know, I I wanted to have a career where I was helping someone else. That's that's where my basis was. It was all about what I could do for other people. And in that, I never thought about children and what I could do for them. Um, So like all throughout my teenage years, you know, I was always very good about birth control. Um, One reason why I started it was because of really terrible menstrual cramps, but then it was also to prevent pregnancy, Um, which to me, in my mind, it worked very well. It never happened, right? Right, right. So, um, worked really hard and graduated high school and and went on right away to become a medical assistant because I wasn't sure exactly. I started moving towards that medical field, but wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do in the medical field. And that kind of helped me see some different types of career paths. And once I actually moved to Minnesota and started working um, in research, that's when I knew I wanted to be a nurse. And then from that point on, that was my true focus was, you know, going to school, becoming a nurse, getting into that career. When um, I started kind of dating um, the now love of my life, but, you know, we met three separate times and years apart and decided to go ahead and give it a try. Started out as friends. I just wanted a friend. 
Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> four years in, um, now I'm hitting that almost 30 age. And I felt like it was something that literally happened overnight, like the clock struck. And it was like, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Aww. And I think we both hit it at the same time, which is kind of funny. And we started discussing it and decided we wanted to get married and wanted to start planning it. And when we did that, it was like, okay, well, kids, okay, he right. has he already has three kids who I loved and adored and have been in our lives now for four years. Okay. And he was okay. But once we started to discuss it and, and again, it was like something struck on the clock and I was like, Hmm, like, I want to be a mother. I want to have your children. I want us to have our own family. And he was feeling that same, which when we started dating, he was fine. You know, he had three daughters and he was okay with that. Mm -hmm. um so then it was okay well I think you should come off of the birth control you've been on it so long we don't know how long it's going to take to get out your system okay yeah in the midst of us planning a wedding and I thought okay that's fine right yeah um meanwhile you know I'm working night shift at the hospital and I'm just feeling weird like I never felt in my life and sometimes like take a pregnancy test and I took it and it was positive. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like, wow. we're not married yet. You know, what's going to happen? Right. And then I got so excited and I told him and he was happy and he was like, oh, what are we going to do about these wedding plans? And started feeling like that excitement and, you know, made that first doctor's appointment. And when I went in, um, they did an ultrasound and uh, there was nothing and she asked me she did I notice the spotting I'm like no I had gone straight from work and that mm -hmm. night I, I didn't you know I was busy working I didn't pay attention I guess and she's like yep I'm noticing some spotting pay attention to this over the next few days if you have severe cramping bleeding you're gonna have to come back in and okay. that weekend it was literally that Friday night, the cramping started and I started bleeding and, and that pregnancy was lost. And then it was the grief of that after, you know, it was such a surprise and it was such a short amount of time even processing, mm -hmm. but it was, it hurt, you yeah. know, and I, and even though it was so early on and um, it wasn't something that was planned, I still think about it to this day. Yeah. So after, after that, um, you know, I, in my mind, I thought, okay, I need to wait. You know, it, it's all in God's timing. Um, but also the part of me, especially at that time, who was the planner, decided that, okay, we're just going to get pregnant, you know, on our honeymoon. That's the way that's going to work, right? Okay, yeah. I'll put it in my planner. That's, that's the perfect way that it should happen. Us type A's, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's going to be great and um we went on with the wedding and went on our beautiful honeymoon and came home and nothing happened um so then we you know we thought because everyone tells you oh well at least you've been pregnant mm -hmm. you know so you're not going to have any issues 
I've, I don't, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. That's a positive sign. Yeah. Um, so I tried to keep that in the back of my mind uh, and hold on to that hope right there. That was mm -hmm. like, my, 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 oh, well, you've had a pregnancy. And months and months went on um, with no pregnancy, nothing. Um, and we went on to buy our first house and both of us were doing well with our, our jobs and careers. And, you know, we were, we were very happy, newlyweds, and still nothing happened. And everyone says, oh, wait a year after you've been trying just on your own. But mm -hmm. I started to feel something inside wasn't right. Okay. Um, so I did go in to see a doctor and they started uh, a lot of testing with both of us. Um, and they tested our hormones, tested his semen, couldn't find anything wrong. And I knew for sure I ovulate every month. I always feel it. So they ended up, um, and we saw like a couple different doctors. And they put me on medications to so-called ovulate. Okay. And that stopped me from ovulating. I had been ovulating fine. Yep. So then I did, I wasn't oh, ovulating no. at all. Yeah. <clears throat> and all of this testing, um, the cost adds up. Yeah. So the final test after they put me on fertility drugs, um, and there that resulted in no pregnancies, we went on to have the, um, HSG test where they shoot the dye through your reproductive okay. organs and uh -huh. supposedly if the dye goes through then everything is fine down there there's no blockage there's no concern and I went and had that done and the hospital that I had it done I already had mistrust with them because I really always felt um, I had done my nursing clinicals at this hospital and I noticed the way they treated um, people of color both patients oh, okay. and nurses okay and um I, so I already had a mistrust, but they reported that everything was fine on that test. Okay. So we ended up with no answers and kept trying. I mean, we were doing everything, checking temperatures and timing. And um, I could talk for an hour of the different things that I tried with. Right. From drinking cough syrup because it thins your mucus. Up. <laughs> really? I've oh. never heard of that. Yes, it does. <laughs> fascinating okay okay like every piece of advice people would give me I was trying okay. um I, I'll never forget someone told me something about touching a toad I didn't try that because I'm afraid of them but um <laughs> like old wives tales we were I was literally trying everything nothing happened um and throughout all of this the big thing with my husband and him having like a really big family he wanted us to kind of keep this to ourselves in between okay. us. Yeah. Um, it, so no one knew at all that we were going through all of this, um, mm -hmm. except my mom. Okay. And um, that was hard, you know, to mm -hmm. not really have people to talk to about it. And um, at work, I think, is where I found that I maybe could talk to somebody with my colleagues. And at that time, I was a labor and delivery nurse. Wow. Okay. Working in the hospital. And I brought it up to a coworker and she mentioned someone else um, that worked there who had gone to a specific fertility specialist in the Twin Cities and had great luck. And I should okay. talk to her because this 
this specialist was really hard to get into and she probably could get me in to see him. And I had talked to her the next day and she gave me all of the information and she kind of gave them a heads up that she was referring me there. And I went to see this doctor um, and he asked me to bring the films from that test I had had at this hospital. Okay. Uh, so I requested those, brought all of that with me. Um, he had my whole story and he's going through it. And he really kind of sat us down and kind of asked us for our whole story. And then he's like, okay, well, let's go look at these films. And as soon as he put them up on the screen, he saw the problem. Wow. And it was, it was, it was heartbreaking yet exciting at the same time yeah. because I had spent probably eight months going through all these different treatments and testing and mm. the problem was clearly there and that hospital missed it. And it was very yeah. obvious. Me and my husband both could see it. Um, and, you know, he took us back to his office and sat us down and he's like, okay, have a plan um, and my recommendation is first that we schedule surgery and remove your tubes and uh, you know I'm like what wow both your Bolivian both of them yep wow and because like there was no real tissue that was closed it was all like wide open like kind of like Swiss cheese wow so in that he he diagnosed he said that the first loss that pregnancy I had he was pretty sure that had to be a tubal pregnancy because there was mm -hmm. no way for anything to get back through the tubes because there's so many holes um, so he said the only way that we could move forward with any kind of um, insemination would be to remove those tubes because it was such a high risk to just keep having tubal pregnancies right and you know I let him know right away that 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 my fear, you know, was you remove my reproductive organs and I have absolutely no chance in the world of having children ever. Right. And I asked him, I said, if I was your daughter, what would you recommend to me right now? Mm. And he kind of sat back and, you know, it hit him. And he said, I would tell you to schedule the surgery right away and remove your tubes and let's move forward with IVF. Wow. Like, okay. He's like, you're young. Your uterus is very healthy. Your husband is very young and very fertile. Okay. Um, he's like, I have very high hopes that this is going to be successful. Wow. Yeah. And That's from that amazing. point on, yeah. So I followed his advice because I felt like he was being very honest and open with me. And I scheduled for the surgery and we went in and I had, um, my tubes removed and it was very emotional and very hard for me to do that um they gave me pictures I still have pictures of all of that as well um as part of just my journey and my story yeah yeah and after you know the healing from that physically and mentally then we moved into the next phase of uh the whole IVF procedure and um we had my mom on our side, you know, supporting us the whole way. And she had even gone to an appointment with us. Um, I'm glad my husband loved her so much to allow her to be <laughs> such a big part. Um, but she was just praying the whole time. She just kept praying. And 
she had never been through anything like this and she didn't expect that I would. Yeah. And I remember her telling me when he made the decision, oh, well, we're going to implant two of your embryos. Um, because I think it seems so long, I think we had a total, maybe like five embryos. Okay. Because um, we, yeah, it was, I mean, we had a very successful first round. Um, and he said, well, we're going to implant two, the two best, the best graded. And my mom's like, oh, implant three. He's like, oh, no. (laughs) He's like, no, she's young. Her uterus is healthy. You know, he had so much confidence. I'm like, okay. And the the coworker I had talked to, you know, she had gone through and she had two implanted and one one took and she had a healthy baby boy. So I'm like, okay, then, you know, that. That gives me the odds of having one healthy child, you know. Um, yeah. And we went for the implantation of two embryos, and um, it was uh, I'm trying to think how many weeks later, you know, they have you scheduled for the pregnancy test, and okay. I I was worried, um, and I told them you know, I had work that day, but I had a classroom type of uh, work day that day. There was some kind of nursing conference. And I said, you know, don't, I went in before work to get the blood drawn. And I said, can you call my husband with the results? I don't want them. Like, (laughs) I, you know, I don't want it to mess up my work day. This was my, seriously, this is my thought process. I didn't want to get my hopes up. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I don't want to be disappointed at work. I don't want it to affect the whole day. Call my husband and he can call me with the results later. Okay. And they called him. And it's funny because I'm not even the second person to know that I was pregnant. He actually called my mom first <laughs> <laughs> and told her. I love and, it. <laughs> and then he called it. me at work and I left out and he was like, well, the doctor called and I'm like, oh gosh. He's like, congratulations, Mrs. Starks, you're going to be a mom. And I just cried. Um, And at that point, everything changed, you know. Um, My, and everything kind of kicked in, you know, it was just like, oh my gosh, I'm really going to be a mom. Like, this is really happening. Um, But, you know, I went back to work and uh, before we knew it, like, I started kind of spotting Oh, okay. So, oh, so oh, I was really like stressful. worried. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, okay, is this going to be a, another loss? And um, which no one told me that, when, especially when you go through infertility, mm-hmm. that the actual implantation of the embryo kind of burying itself in there can mm-hmm. cause spotting. That would have probably been good to know going into that process. <laughs> Absolutely. So that Absolutely. I didn't freak out. Um, so I called in and they're like, yeah, well, you know, unless you really start cramping and, you know, just hold off and take it easy and um, everything was going okay. And then I was scheduled to go in for the first ultrasound and my husband could not get off work. He had already missed so much work with all of our, you know, testing and and everything. And my mom was supposed to go with me, um, but she got sick. She just came back from a a flight from Pennsylvania. 
So I was really worried about going alone. And my one of my coworkers, her, she's Nicole also, we were really close. She said, I'll go with you. She's like, I'll meet you oh. there. I know exactly where it is. I'll go, I'll meet you there. It'll be fine. And so she was standing there with me when they did the ultrasound. And she had been a nurse in labor and delivery a lot longer than I had. So she saw it on the ultrasound right away and she knew what she was looking at. And I heard heartbeat and, you know, I'm like, okay, good. Everything's okay. Yeah. And the doctor holds up two fingers. I was like, peace, like you're done. Peace. Like I thought he was the same. And she, and she said, no, Nicole, it's two. Oh my and that God. was on Valentine's Day and he gave me the pictures of the little ultrasound with the two babies oh. in there. Yeah. And I, I put them amazing. in. Yeah. I put that picture in my husband's Valentine's Day card and when we got home, I gave it to him. And he was looking like, What is this? I was like, It's two. And he's like, They both talk. I'm like, Yes, we're having twins. Wow. <laughs> yep. Wow. Yeah, That's and, amazing. Mm-hmm. And we still had, honestly, it was still, you know, still a scary road um, because a little while after that, it started again with kind of like cramping and spotting. Mm. And when I called back to the fertility specialist, you know, they're that's not their specialty is not like bedside nursing like they're okay. kind of more technical okay. and he told me over the phone, well, that could just mean you're losing one. <laughs> And that was oh, no. that was the most devastating thing someone could have told me. Um, but you know, it was like I think a week or two later, I would get transferred over to my OBGYN, who was also a colleague of mine, and I loved her. Um, and she, of course, has a different style than a fertility specialist. So right. <laughs> once, I, once I was under her care, you know, it was handled a lot differently. But it was a, a few more episodes, honestly, of cramping, spotting while at work, going home. My coworkers put me in a wheelchair, sending me out. Um, oh, wow. All to, in the end, deliver two very healthy babies. Yay! <laughs> and how old are they now? 13. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is beautiful. That's beautiful. Can you... Thank you for sharing that. That just gave You're me welcome. a little pep in my step. Um, <laughs> can you talk a little bit about how you handled the emotions of being a labor and delivery nurse while facing fertility challenges? Um, oh, yeah, that that brings back lots of different emotions and memories. Um, it's really tough um, when it's your job to actually help bring all of these beautiful babies into the world and sometimes some losses, um, all of which bring on different types of emotions for you. Um, I, I have so many stories, but I had a really young patient. She was 18 and she was giving her baby up for adoption. Oh, and wow. it, was, it was so hard um, and her parents were at odds. Her dad wanted her to keep it, but her mom wanted her to give it up. So I'm trying to deal with her and her emotions um, and all her physical, you know, after delivering a baby. Um, And then also we have outside agency with the whole adoption and then trying to then deal with my own emotions. Like all I want is to have a baby and, and here someone is given this 
beautiful blessing and kind of having to give it away to someone else, which is a blessing for them also, because obviously they've gone through this struggle. And in my head, I'm like, so is that going to have to be my plan, my way to have a family also? Mm. Um, It was, it was really tough. Um, But all my manager and my coworkers were also um we were like a family and they were so protective over me they all knew you know what i was going through and they would try their best to keep me from situations where they knew it may trigger emotions in me and one of the closest colleagues of mine um when she found out she was pregnant she kind of she took me in the medication closet And she's like, I need to talk to you. And I'm like, what's going on? And she said, "Um, I've been hiding something and I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want to hurt you. Um, But she didn't want, she said she didn't want me to find out from everyone else, but she was pregnant. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, That is so loving. Yeah. And so considerate. I know. I'm like, you're hiding this happy time for you. Um, and we cried and hugged and, you know, I let her know I'm still happy for you and, Absolutely. and this is your road and, you know, your plan and I, I get that and, um, and everything was fine with us, but I, that touched me that she was that concerned over my feelings, but, you know, yeah. and some, we, at our hospital, we didn't deal with a lot of, um, like high risk pregnancies. Okay. So there weren't a lot of tough times on our unit, but there happened to be. Um, so I think I got pregnant in December. So that Thanksgiving, it was around the Thanksgiving holiday, we seemed to have quite a few losses on the floor. Mm. And you know, you only have so many nurses, so they were yeah. they were trying to always do the assignments without giving me uh, a loss. And you know, I, I appreciate it, but there is something that's really healing also with taking care of a patient that's gone through a loss because, you know, you, you deliver a baby who may not be awake or may be awake for a short amount of time, but you help the family kind of go through so many emotions in such a short time to the point where when you will them out of the hospital, you know, they're going to be okay. And you work so hard to do everything you can to bring them comfort and it it feels good to see them in the end be able to smile and and grieve and um you know you make it as pleasant and you still allow them to have that experience um we at the hospital we had so many different things that we would do to make it um you know what's the word i'm looking for um bearable yeah you know yeah Um, like it because it is so tough so push my own issues to the side and maybe deal with it once I got home because it was like I'm focused on this family I got to get this because it's not just the patient it's you know the dad and the grandparents Mm -hmm. and you know all the other family who would also come and show up and you know you don't want them to have to even hold a cold baby yeah. You know, you go, you go out of your way, you go get warm blankets and 
you make them look so gorgeous so they can take beautiful pictures and have those good memories and um with those types of situations i had to literally be in the moment and give to them what i needed to give to them and then go home and process with my husband or with someone else yeah you know wow Um, Mm -hmm. that's beautiful but I think also what caught my attention around that is the fact that you said like being able to help others along their journey also brought some healing a level of healing for yourself Yeah. yeah it it does it really does and like I said they kept trying to keep me from it you know it's uh they yeah yeah it's funny I'll never forget it on the night shift like walking down the hall and my coworker was trying to make me go down a different hallway and I'm looking at her weird like what are you doing like it's probably two in the morning and I'm like you're being weird are you tired like <laughs> right and I saw another coworker coming down the hall you know with the bassinet covered so I knew that okay. you know it was a loss and she was trying to kind of get downstairs to the morgue without me seeing um and it was just like it was unbelievable the measures that my colleagues were taking to kind of prevent me from any additional suffering in that time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. They literally gave me my shots because I was on 12 hour shifts. So, you know, with the fertility treatments, Mm -hmm. I had to get shots that we go in the med room. They were different ones were helping me give me shots. And it was just, yeah, it was kind of a journey for all of us. Yeah, it speaks to the power of community um, Mm -hmm. and how important that is wherever you find it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because even with you saying like your your husband not wanting you to share it broadly with your family, but Mm -hmm. you were able to kind of create a sub family, you know, of support um, for people to keep you encouraged in this journey. And I think that's one of the things that so many of us lack. Um, mm-hmm. is, is that it's that sense of connectedness um, mm-hmm. and, and, and honestly a sense of knowing and feeling like you're known and yep. that people um, understand what you're going through. So that's yeah, really I don't beautiful. know what I would have done without that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're used to like sharing with your family. Yeah, exactly. That was like the, the exciting thing about marrying my husband was the fact that he had this huge family and I came from such a small family it's like oh good you know I have all this family but then having to go through some you know something that was like one of the most difficult times in my life and not be able to share with the family Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and I never thought about it It, yeah I've born my own little family with my co-workers at that time to get through that's amazing so do you, on that note, do you have a piece of advice for other women who may be trying to find resolve after um, an infertility diagnosis or just having challenges getting pregnant, whether, you know, so it could be pregnancy delay, it could even be pregnancy loss. Do you have a piece of advice for those women? Honestly, I think you have to share. Um, if I didn't share what I was going through with the colleague at work, 
she wouldn't have told me about someone else who had gone through it, who knew someone to refer me to. Um, I feel like every time I shared, I got something back in return. I learned something new. Yes, I, I may have helped someone, but I learned something new as well. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that so much because oftentimes I don't think we view it in that way of like, I'm sharing this vulnerable piece of myself in my life and I'm getting something in return. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not the way I expect, it could still mm -hmm. be, like you said, learning something mm -hmm. or, you know, or it could even be learning something about yourself. Yes. Um, yep. I, you know, being more open to communicate what's, what's really hard. Um, and even when I said that, it almost felt selfish, but it's true. I've, yeah. every time I share, I feel like I've gotten so much from it. Um, and I now have referred other people to that same specialist and they've had great outcomes. Um, oh, yeah. That's so great. That's so great. Okay, this is so amazing. All right, so I'm we're wrapping up here. So the last question is, what gives you hope? Hmm. It's, it's funny because when I was going through, like what I said was one of the toughest times in my life. I'm 45, so I know I still have a lot of life left. Um, it was honestly my husband, okay. his, his ability to keep his faith in moments when I lost mine and not question me about that loss of faith, but just to show me his, to lift me up and to support that. me. Um, but current day, <laughs> which is the outcome of all of this, yeah. is my kids. That's what gives me hope. Aww. Yes. Yes. I love that. Okay. That is so beautiful. Thank you for tuning in to Mended Hope Podcast. Our next month's episode will be our year-end episode. It's an episode that you will not want to miss. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to be kept in the loop on each month's episode. You can also connect with us in between episodes on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Have a wonderful rest of the month, and may these stories of hope continue to be a reminder of what's possible. God is with you. He is for you.